Want an NFL podcast that gives a whistle-stop tour of last week's games, the previews for this week, and all of the best betting advice on the planet? Look no further, you've found it. This is Otter Punts. 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer. look at him rumble. Hello again, you Otter Punts. Welcome back to the only show in town. I mean, it's an abandoned town and Just Eat Don't Deliver, but it's our town, you judgmental Game week 13 is about to get going and we've got everything you need. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt. Oh, he hits the upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler of the history of the Chiefs. And he misses it. That's impossible. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Utter Punts is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. I'm journalist and Giants fan Liam Bradford, and this week's episode is going to be a belter. Alongside me in Manchester is Ravens fan, the Statman Dan. He's already feeling very self-conscious about the cowboy stick he's been throwing out last few weeks. Yep, and rightly so, because we've got a very special guest this week. He's probably been to as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady. He wouldn't take offence, I don't think, if I called him an absolute cowboy. It's NFL TV broadcaster Richard Graves. Hi, Richard. Hi, Liam. Hi, Dan. Great to be with you guys on the show. I know we've tried to, to make this happen a few times earlier this season, but it finally is. I'm here and I'm delighted about it. We're delighted too. Cannot wait to get going on this one. On the way... The big game reviews, a look ahead to week 13, our utter punts of the week, and hopefully we'll try and make you some cash with our big bet builder. Thanks for being with us. Uh, isn't it brilliant when you nail the intro the second time round, uh, or even the third time, depending on which way you look at it? We did really well first time round, but it turns out that Muggins over here had forgotten to press record, which is, I mean... It's the joys of podcasting right there. Um, I am absolutely delighted to say that we've got Richard Graves with us this week. You'll know him from covering the NFL on Sky Sports and, and various other places. And from your podcast as well, Richard, which I know is is going great guns too. Um, look, thanks very much for being with us. It's an absolute delight. Yeah, no, like I said right at the top, great to finally make this happen because we've, we've tried it a couple of times this season. And for one reason or another, it hasn't quite worked out, but... Yeah, um, I've been fortunate. I've covered the last nine Super Bowls, I think, seven on location. Um, got been privileged enough to, to witness history in the making on some of those occasions as well. So, yeah, it's a game I'm passionate about, both as a fan, but professionally as well. You get to, to work with some of the, the best people in sport and uh, I get to see a little bit that happens behind the curtain as well. So you, you might say, in some respects, it's the dream job. I certainly enjoy it. It's your dream job, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, out of all the Super Bowls that you've been to, have you got one that you can pick out that you can say, yeah, that one was my absolute favourite. That's the one that I would, I would love to go back and, and experience again. Uh, well, this, this, I'll narrow it down to th three of them. Um, the first one is obviously the the one that, that you value most because it's the first time you experienced anything. Um, so the first one was Super Bowl 48 um, in New York. Uh, Seahawks and the Broncos, the game was a blowout mm. um, in the end, but it was so cold. I remember doing build-up to, to the game during the week in Times Square, and it, it was sort of minus 25 degrees. Um, and at the time, I hadn't ever experienced anything like that. We'd go on to Minnesota, and, and boy, that was subtropical compared to what we had in Minnesota. Um, but that, that that was a great, 
great event, great um, stage for, for the Super Bowl and a memorable experience. Houston, Super Bowl 51 um, was fantastic just because of the comeback with the New England Patriots. I, I remember putting on Twitter midway through the third quarter, stick a fork in New England, <laughs> they're done. Well, that was an error of judgment, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, that, that that was memorable for that reason. But But the one I'd probably revisit most because... The Super Bowl is never just about Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Bowl week from opening night, which used to be called media night, right through to the game itself on game day. Um, it's not often the game lives up to the hype, but when the the Kansas City Chiefs met the San Francisco 49ers, that game lived up to the hype. It had a come-from-behind fourth-quarter victory when the, the Chiefs were double digits down. Um, it, it had everything, and... The fans, probably because the, the Chiefs fans, it had been 50 years since their team had got to the Super Bowl. They they were into it. It, it mattered to them. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that, the way that helped as well, being in South Florida uh, beginning of February is never a bad thing, <laughs> is it? But, yeah, Super Bowl 54 was memorable. Uh, I mean, right up there with one of my favourite NFL games of all time, I think, that one. Yeah, it was. It was one of those games that sort of changed tone a few times, didn't it? So it was it was one game in the first half and then it's completely changed through the third and fourth quarter. So, um, And sort of one of certainly highlights of Mahomes, who's going to be a, an absolute sort of all-star, as we know, sort of long, a long-term sort of hero in the NFL. So yeah. and it's sort of his starting point, really. NFL Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, without a doubt, in, in Patrick Mahomes. Right, coming up on the podcast, we're going to talk about our absolute freaks of nature in the NFL, those kind of players that only the NFL can produce. We'll do that very, very shortly. We'll look uh, back at last week's games, which, of course, was the Thanksgiving fixtures in the NFL, and it was carnage, absolute carnage up and down the league. So cannot wait uh, to wrap that one up. Then we'll look ahead to this week's TV games, and there's some real belters in there to have a look at as well that will be live on Sky sports this weekend and then we'll of course pick our utter punts of the weekend after I forgot to press record I have a funny feeling that Dan is already (laughs) mid rewriting uh, his nomination for his utter punts of the week all of that and plenty more on the way on utter punts Right, NFL freaks of nature. These are the players that you sort of only find that the NFL turns out. And it came because we were talking, I think we were talking about Derrick Henry last week, and I thought to myself, this would be really interesting to try and figure out who we're going to pick as that absolute freak of nature. Do you want to go first, Dan, or shall I get Richard to go first? Let Richard go first. Well, we'll let the guests go first, shall we? (laughs) I mean, he'll pick a cowboy, won't he, obviously, but... Well, you see... You clearly know me too well already um, because it'll come as no surprise to, to anybody that it is a cowboy I'm picking, but I would argue, I'd defy anybody to to argue with the breadth of work in little more than one and a half seasons as a pro footballer. It's, of course, Micah Parsons. You know, he was drafted 12 overall um, back in 2021 as a linebacker. He was meant to, you know, be part of that... Uh, that that backup, if you like, that backed up the defensive line and made tackles and blocked plugged gaps because Dallas had a problem defending the run. Um, and he wasn't their first choice. Uh, let's not forget that. Dallas were going for a, a defensive back. Well, both had gone off the board by the time they got there. So th- they pick up this guy who didn't play his final year at, at college because of COVID. He decided to, to opt out of playing, just went straight to the draft. And inside three games, he's suddenly there playing as a pass rusher on the defensive line because Demarcus Lawrence had been injured and Dallas were, was short of that position. In that game, he gets a sack. Uh, I think he forced a turnover in the process as well. And the rest is pretty much history. 
you know, now you've got a scenario where if you're preparing for the Cowboys, you don't know where, where Michael Parsons is going to line up. He is a headache for offensive coordinators because they have to game plan specifically for it. You've seen it in certain games this season where when they will try and outmaneuver Micah Parsons, give him too much to think about, try and throw him off his game. But as far as Dan Quinn and the Cowboys go, you've suddenly got this six foot three, 245 pound linebacker that's now lining up in the A gap, the B gap on the edge. He can drop back in coverage and make plays. He's second in the NFL this season with 12 sacks to his name. Who's going to say that he's not going to make it to 20? He's still got six games to go. He is breaking records week in, week out. And I've been saying for a few weeks now, I, I know that when you look at the NFL MVP, almost inevitably, it's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have Micah Parsons on the Dallas Cowboys right now, they are not nearly the same team uh, as we're seeing that's number two in scoring defense right up there in the top 10 of overall defense. Micah Parsons, for me, is a legitimate NFL MVP candidate this season. Hard to argue any of that, Dan, really. It is, and the sort of case in point was, was a couple of weeks ago against the Vikings. I know it ended up being a blowout, but that the first play of the game where he, he spins past their best offensive lineman, rips the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands, first forces the fumble, the Cowboys score, and the game was over. We talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, the, the game was over after the first play. And interestingly, David, been t- I, I sort of said to and to producer Bell, watch out for number 11 on Dallas. He's a good player. And, and Dave countered with, yeah, but we'll have, we've got Christian Darishaw. And literally the first play of the game, he just blew, a pa- blew past him. And Darishaw's one of the best offensive yeah. linemen of the game. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, and I will say this as well. Christian Darasaur is a good left tackle. Yeah, he is. As is Andrew Thomas for the Giants, who we saw yeah. on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And when the game was on the line, needs to be closed out. Parsons, again, makes a play, beats Andrew Thomas, sacks Daniel Jones. And this, this is, for me, is the key when you're talking about potential MVP candidates. Do they directly affect the outcome of games? And time and time again this season, Micah Parsons is a huge problem at affecting the outcome of games. Yeah, and that Giants D-line's, you know, fairly fairly formidable when it wants to be as well. So it's an interesting one. Dan, who have you gone with? I've gone a bit old school, so I've gone for Bo Jackson. Um, Oh, okay. Bo Jackson was sort of, when I started, when I first sort of got a glimpse of the NFL, sort of late 80s, um, he was the sort of just supreme athlete that just dazzled me a little bit. Um, And, you know... when you talk about specimens in the NFL, you can talk about a different range of things. So Richards Pitt's a fantastic player whose techn- who's natural technique, natural speed, power is just off the charts. And a, a lot of these NFL players are absolute specimens. And but, but to be a step above those people, you have to be very special. And Parsons is certainly that. But you talk about Aaron Donald with his strength. You've got Brady's mind and speed of mind. You've got Nick Chubb squatting 250 kilos in the offseason. Um, but Bo Jackson was a, was a completely different sort of athlete. So he's the only person that's ever been an all-star for both the MLB and in the NFL. Um, his The thing that stands out most is that his 40-yard dash time, although it was un- the NFL say it's unofficial because it was at his Auburn Pro Day, so it wasn't an official NFL scouting combine. But if you think of a fast NFL player at the minute, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, fastest he, NFL player at the minute. He yeah. ran it in 4.29. The, the, fastest, the second fastest ever is 4.22. Bo Jackson's was 4.16 clocked at an Auburn Pro Day um, and he can play different sports and he was just he didn't play long he had he had, he had injuries and sort of ended his career and there was a lot of turbulence when he first came into the league because he turned down that the Buccaneers picked him number one overall he turned them down because he was playing baseball at the time he was then drafted in the seventh round by the Raiders the next year and just became an absolute star he didn't play long enough but his I think he averaged more yards per rush than, than Jim Brown the great the greatest running back ever to play the game so 
sort of stats like that that have never been beaten in 30 years with the way they train now for these combines, the fact that no one's got close to it, um, he stands out for me, certainly. Uh, I, I'm sure if Dave was here with us this week, and, and unfortunately he's not, we've had to go to the draft and picked out Richard Graves because uh, because Big Dave couldn't make it. I'm sure he'd argue the toss with you in some way, shape or form on that. I'm not going to. I'm instead, got. I got torn between four or five different players and I, you know I considered Derek Henry who is is just an absolute monster of a human being I considered um uh DK Metcalf because again just an absolute monster of a human being we saw I mean it was last season but the thing that immediately jumps to mind when you think about DK Metcalf is him absolutely running down the the escaping Baker, runner yeah. and, oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness me it was and just hawked him back it was incredible and then I got down to two. You've got Aaron Donald, who is basically Superman. And if I, I think you've said this to me before, and I totally agree. If I needed to repopulate the planet, I think Aaron Donald would be the Adam yeah. that I required. But I'm going to go with a man who has shown exemplary and quite incredible powers of recovery in TJ Watt, who mm. ripped his peck off, clean off, earlier this season and is back before we've hit the playoffs. It, it's absolutely astonishing. The powers of recovery in that family, let alone that human being, is absolutely incredible. So my pick's going to be TJ Watt, just because essentially he's Wolverine. Shots fired, picking a stealer. Um, sets the tone really, doesn't it, for the rest of the show? <laughs> uh, you can't kill him, by the way. Can't kill them. Uh, if you've know. got uh, if you've got any that you want to chuck our way, we would love to hear from you. Don't forget, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Utter Punts. You'll find us. We are right there for you. Uh, we'd love to talk to you over the course of the week. We will make sure that we keep you up to date with all of the bets and various bits and pieces that we've got going on. That's where you can find the latest news if any of the lines have moved when we get there. But yeah, there are NFL freaks of nature. If you've got any, we would love to hear from you. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Time to look back at Thanksgiving week in the NFL. I said in the intro it was carnage, absolute carnage. Let's start then with the Buffalo Bills crashing Detroit's Thanksgiving party, shall we? A 28-25 win for the Bills and a really tight affair. Tyler Bass was eventually the hero. After missing an extra point in the fourth quarter, he kicked the tying field goal with two seconds on the clock and slotted the overtime kick to give the Bills the win. Interesting fact in this one, Buffalo became the third NFL team to play two games in five or fewer days on the road in the same stadium and the first to win both. This after last week's snowstorm at Orchard Park moved their game to Motor City. Giants at Cowboys next and it's another defeat for the G-Men. This time a 23-16 loss at home to the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb dropped one in the second quarter but all that did was fire him up. The one-handed touchdown grab with less than 10 to play was sensational and it capped the go-ahead drive from the Cowboys to make certain of the victory after Big Blue had taken a short-lived 13-6 lead. 
Patriots at Vikings. Ladies and gentlemen, there's still no sign of Kirk Cousins. 299 yards, three touchdown passes, and not a sign of the bottle job we've come to know and love. Justin Jefferson is a big reason for that. Big players make big plays, and his 139 receiving yards and a touchdown helped the Vikings to bounce back from the blowout of last week and win 33-26. Here he is then, Kirko Chains. It was a bit of a challenge throughout the game to f- be aware of how much they were trying to, you know, really take Justin out of the game and then how much they were still going to give us opportunities to get in the football. Um, I thought our coaches and Kevin did a great job with the plan all week, but then executing the plan or, or calling the game, um, you know, to give us a great uh, chance to have success. Um, and then I just heard uh, David Blau make the comment. That's pro- he said, that's probably the loudest stadium I've ever opponent. Um, I never take that for granted. Bengals at Titans. Come on then, who pulled the sleeping tiger's tail? A 2016 win for the Bengals and Burrows, who threw 270 yards and a touchdown in a game where the Titans were beaten at their own game, out-muscled by Cincinnati. That being said, Derrick Henry made a rare mistake that could have been the difference between winning and losing. That mistake also meant no free beer in the pub. Very sorry about that. Saints at Niners next and a win to nil for the 49ers and nothing less than we expected or predicted from them. That defence is absolutely monstrous, week in, week out, fit or not fit. This was their third straight second half shutout, add 222 yards and a touchdown from Jimmy Garoppolo and you have a 13-0 win all sewn up. Packers at Eagles, fly Eagles fly! More like run Eagles run, a 40-33 win for the Philly side and a game where Jalen Hurts ran the legs off the pack. He ran so far that he legged it ahead of Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham and even Michael Vick in the Eagles record books. He became the first player since at least 1950 with 150 plus yards rushing and 150 plus yards passing with multiple pass touchdowns in a game and cemented his status as the NFL MVP frontrunner. Here he is. It means everything. Um, you know, I have a great deal of respect for those guys, the guys that have come before me. Um, Randall, uh, Mike, McNabb, and um, just, just the way they played the game. I always talk about how I admire the way they played the game. And, you know, to be thrusted into that category and different things, it's um, it's a blessing. You know, it's a, it's a blessing, and it's a lot of hard work going into it. I have a ton of respect for them and their support. And um, they don't even know how they've affected me, impacted me in my time here. And, um, you know, it's a... It's an understatement to say how much they, how much I appreciate them, because I do. Steelers at Colts, finally, and somebody please tell me why the Steelers are so hard to kill. Why? Come on, please, someone tell me. Benny Snell Jr. got his first carry of the season, and what a carry it was. 62 yards for a touchdown with 10 to play, a 24-17 win for the Steelers, and the hoodoo continues. That's now eight straight victories against the Indianapolis Colts. Told you it was carnage. Absolute chaos in the NFL last week. Any any real standout results for you, do you think, Richard, last week? Uh, well, I think the Washington's win over the Atlanta Falcons, which, Huge. you know, on paper you say, well, it was, it was only the Falcons and Washington aren't all that. 
don't sleep on the Washington Commanders right now. They're they're on a roll. Um, they've got got players coming healthy again. Chase Young may feature for the first time uh, this season coming up this weekend. Um, and to make that game clinching interception in the end zone when it was all on the line, and you're thinking Mariota and the the Falcons are going to punch it in. Um, that's huge. And you know, before we came on air, um, me and Dan were talking uh, about the NFC East uh, and uh, and who would who would you not want to face in the playoffs? Um, I'm not so sure the Giants make it, even yeah. with their current record. But if you look at it, and whether it's the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Commanders that finish up in the wild card spots. They're, they're a nightmare that nobody's going to want to face it in the, the wildcard round of the postseason. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. And they're on a, they're on a real roll. And Ron, Ron Rivera does this sort of every year, doesn't he? They start, sort of, his, his teams start to start quite slowly and then his, his defence just starts getting gathering momentum. They just become really, really difficult to beat. And they've got some star power on offence as well. So they've got a really good running game now. Brian Robinson's obviously back from his um, sort of off-season injury that he had. He got shot in the legs in the off season he's back he's back and he looks really good he looks like everything we thought and um you know they've got Terry McLaurin who I think is a really underrated wide receiver I think he's so talented and he's underrated because he's had terrible quarterback story in the ball but Taylor Heineke seems to be able to get the ball to him at, at the key moments and um, it's made a difference to him but and and they you know they're fates in their own hands they they play the NFC East don't they going out I think they well, play and, the and on that note I was going to say I, I think it might be a, a blessing in disguise for the commanders that Carson Wentz went and got got injured because that offense wasn't going anywhere fast no. uh with with Wentz at quarterback and now Taylor Heineke comes in, he's got a bit of that gunslinger mentality about him, hasn't he? But he clearly has a rapport with Terry McLaurin, and it's no coincidence that McLaurin's numbers have steeply um, gone up since Heineke took over the reins at quarterback. Uh, and obviously now they're talking about Carson Wentz coming back uh, and having to keep the bench warm. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, before he before he picked up the injury, before he was out, I think there was... I think there were Commanders fans that were calling for him to never play for the for the franchise again. That that's how badly he was being received by some of the Commanders fans. And to be honest, with with Heineke playing the way that he is at the moment, I can't see it going any other way. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the socials, don't forget the easiest way to do it is just search for Utter Ponce on Instagram or Twitter. You will find us on there. Time to get in to the previews. Right, just a, a re-explainer of how this works. We basically look at all of the TV games that are going to be available for you this week. We preview those games and it'll give you a good idea of exactly what you need to be looking out for. We'll try and find you a little bit of money in those betting markets as well. Sometimes there's some really good money to be had. Sometimes there's definitely don't touch it with a barge pole. <laughs> so we'll try and give you a steer on that one. The other thing to bear in mind is that for the 6 o'clock and uh, 9.25 games on a Sunday night, night uh, the nook and broom in bramall which is in south manchester uh, are running an offer where if we name an anytime touchdown scorer your beer's free all right you get a free pint in the pub if we name the anytime touchdown scorer guess who we're getting to name the anytime touchdown scorer this week richard graves <laughs> <laughs> there was no forewarning of this. No, I no. have to think fairly quickly then. And you, think it's, and you think it's really easy, but it's really not. <laughs> we picked Derek Henry last week, just uh, just 
thought, yes, that's yeah, absolutely that mistake, nailed on. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> thought our, it was nailed on, and then our it, biggest he makes success one. Was uh, we picked a defensive touchdown score in, in the Bills Vikings game? We, we did. Remember, it was the last play of the game. Anytime defensive <laughs> turnover yeah. touchdown, and it yeah. last minute of the game came in. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's start, shall we, with the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots in what is basically going to be the coldest fixture in the league. I think that is uh, that's a chilly one. That's the uh, Friday night game. Uh, Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday for us. Friday morning. Dan, we'll start with you. This feels this feels like it should be a Bills win, but the Patriots are just they're, they're niggly, aren't they? Yeah, they're, 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 we said last week they're sort of hanging around, and it's going to take a good team to put them away. When they've played a good team, when they've played a good quarterback, they've lost, and they've, they've not really been in those games. When they've played bad quarterbacks and, and sort of bad teams, our teams going through something that they they've won. Um, they last last two times they've played the Bills, the Bills have absolutely owned them. So I, I don't think the Bills have punted in the last two games against the Patriots. Um, one of those was a playoff game where the Bills had a hundred percent. It was a perfect offensive game. I think they scored the maximum amount of points on the maximum amount of drives. Um, and you know, there's concern over the Bills' fitness. There has been for a few weeks, but actually they're rounding on on, on defense. Certainly, they're rounding into a bit of a, a bit of health. So. Tremaine Edmonds will play this week with Matt Milano. That's the first time those linebackers will play together this season. Um, and I know they've lost Von Miller for a few weeks, but Gregory Rousseau, their, their, their pass rusher, is coming back. And they didn't have Von Miller last year against the Patriots. So um, the line on this is only three and a half points off the Bills. And I know they're playing in New England, but for me, I, I can just see the Bills just, just, just smashing them to bits, really. My, my concern would be, Richard, the, the injury that Josh Allen appears to have been carrying for most of the season. And... and we keep saying it, just be careful of that injury, he might not be able to do, and every week he keeps proving us wrong. But, I mean, it's still a concern, isn't it? It's a huge concern. Uh, and he clearly aggravated it in that defeat to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and if, uh, as Dan's just touched upon, it is going to be frigid in New England uh, for the Thursday night football game. That's a problem because every little niggle and injury is amplified tenfold when it is that cold. Um, and I, I think we've seen as well in the last couple of weeks that there's some inexplicable inaccuracy about Josh Allen. Every so often, he'll try and make a throw and it's just off the mark. And I'm convinced it's because of this elbow issue he's got. Um, you've got two of the top 10 scoring defences going head to head here. Um, and I I don't think it's going to be a high scoring matchup, which Al Michaels and co won't thank me for saying because <laughs> they've had some shockers to call this season. Um, I, I actually think it will be close. I think the, the odds makers probably have the line a, about right. I I would expect the Bills to come through, but I tell you what, if Matthew Judon has a big game, he's leading the NFL with 13 sacks at the moment and going into the fourth quarter, the Patriots uh, within one score, watch out because Bill Belichick is a master at these type of games and this sort of scenario. I thought they'd go into Minnesota and win on Thanksgiving and was surprised to the credit of the Vikings that it was the Vikings that came out on top. So was Big Dave, to I, be fair. Yeah. He, he, he was convinced it was going to be a Patriots win. Convinced. Yeah. Well, so was I. So was I. So that's all credit to the Minnesota Vikings on that occasion. And because the Patriots couldn't get it done um, on, on that night, that's why I'm a, a bit more cautious about them coming into this game. Um I'm going to take the Bills, but not with any great deal of confidence. I know Dan's just said players are coming back and playing together for the first time this season. For me, that's a problem. Playing together for the first time this season, you're already 12 weeks in. You have to find that chemistry. And December, it's 
the business end of the season. This is when, you know, as Bill Parcells said, the season starts post Thanksgiving. Yeah. Big, big divisional game. I'm going to take the Bills, but this is going to be a close one. All right, cool. So uh, we'll whiz around, get some predictions. Dan? Yeah, Bill, Bills for me. I, I think it will be slightly more comfortable, but I think Bills easily. And we know that Richard's uh, gone with the Bills, but he thinks it'll be tight. I'm going to go Bills too, just because I think even with how good Bill Belichick is uh, in New England, I still think the Bills have probably got just too much for, for the Patriots. Uh, any money, any value in this, Dan, or is it too tight to play around with, really? I mean, you, you can you can set the point. If you wanted the Bills winning a point under sort of 46, which I think is probably a, a fair shout, because I think it will be a... It's probably a 2017 game or a 2016 game either way. Um, that's probably the shout. Really. That, that's nine to four, which isn't a bad shout. Um, right. the Pats yeah, I absolutely up. agree with that, you know. Yeah. And remember, it's not, not like these two teams have got a mini bye week. They both no. played last Thursday and seven days later, you, you're at it again. It's a slightly different schedule because it's Thursday um, in back-to-back weeks. Players don't like things uh, not going as they should. I think this all plays into it. I'd take the under on circle points. Well, right. they also play each other again in week eighteen, so that they they haven't played each other yet, and so they're they're almost they're they're back to back, back in back. five weeks, yeah. So madness, madness. Uh, all right, good stuff. Let's move on, shall we? Tennessee Titans against Philadelphia Eagles is the six o'clock game on Sunday, so we need to preview the game and we need to pick an anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, Richard, let's start with you on this one. Titans against Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts coming off the back of what was a incredible performance you know the first the first quarterback in Philadelphia history to go 150 yards both passing and rushing in a single game overtaking Michael Vick's record uh, in terms of doing that he is the Philadelphia Eagles at the minute but but everybody and we've spoken about this so many times on this on this podcast everyone seems to be sleeping on the Titans well, the, the problem is, just when you think the Titans are going places and should be taken notice of, they then drop a game like they did last week to, to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Um, you know, Jamar Chase wasn't playing for the Bengals last weekend. It wasn't exactly a repeat of the postseason game uh, back in January. And I was disappointed with the Tennessee Titans, to be honest. Um, Derrick Henry didn't have a great game. Remember back in January, he'd been injured for a long time. He was working his way back. There were excuses. There were no excuses last weekend and they still couldn't get the job done. So the Titans are good, but are they championship good is the question I, I would ask. And I think the jury's still out on that. They're so good, both sides of the ball, Philadelphia as well, aren't they? We've said that. They've had their wobble. They seem to be on their way back. They're finding a way to win, and all of a sudden they look they look dangerous, Dan. That, that's the that's the gift of a balanced team. You know, they they have they're, they're stacked on sort of both lines, which which really helps, especially when it starts getting colder. Um, they've they've reinforced that defensive line now with Sue and and I can't remember the other. They've signed another. So I think Linville Jovis has come in as yeah. well. So they've strengthened the line, which gives Jordan Davis their rookie a bit of a rest, and he'll be ready for the playoffs. Um, the Titans, the Titans are a really good team, and, and they will put away a, an average team, even a good team. But I think Richard's right. Are they a championship team? And I think last week they got a championship Bengals, um, or Bengals on championship form, even without Mixon and without Chase, as, as, as Richard said. Um, but that, that the offensive line for the Bengals was so much improved against the, the game last year. Where I think they had nine sacks last year, and it was one this this year. And borrowing that sort of time is is a, is a championship quarterback. I know he's not really won anything yet, but. 
he has got that level of talent that will destroy any team and beat any team. And they have got other wide receivers around there. So the Titans are coming against another team that's got championship potential and championship players level place. And I think they'll come up short again uh, in this one. And, and I think that the Lions, giving them five and a half points, the Titans, I, I don't think that's enough. Um, although I do think with Henry, they will keep the line close because the Eagles have struggled against the run. And you struggle against the run, you, you're getting Derek Henry. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Yeah, it really, it really doesn't. Um, I, I've got to say, the Eagles have been one of my favourite teams all season. I've really enjoyed watching them, even when they had that... Uh, they've had a, a sticky three weeks, haven't they, really? They lost one, and then they sort of struggled more so than they'd done all season. But they've found a way to to win, and I just I can't see past the Eagles winning this. I You know, at home, with that crowd, it's an Eagles win for me, and I, I'd say probably by six or seven. Dan? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think they. what's impressive with the Eagles is that they, they played a really scrappy game against Indianapolis where they I think they were 17-16, really low-scoring game. And then the week after, they go 40-33 against the Packers and go toe-for-toe in a shootout. And I think if you can do both of those things, you have a chance of going quite a long way in the playoffs. So Eagles, for me, I think they'll cover the five and a half points. And I, and I think they might, I th- I th- but I think it'll be under the 48 points. Uh, Richard, which way are you going with this one? I'm going to take Philadelphia as well. I do think they're impressive on both sides of the ball. My one reservation about them is they have periods in games, and this has been characteristic throughout the season, when they seem to just switch off. um, And either the offence the becomes dormant or the defence ships a, a few points. Now, they've been good enough to overcome that. Remember last weekend, AJ Brown had been ill all week and had a, a burst blood vessel in his eye. Well, he's going to be healthy and back. Um, this weekend. I think they've got too many options, too many weapons for Tennessee to deal with. Um, I'm going to take uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to win this one. Uh, any value in this one, Dan? Where are you looking? Just the Eagles, really, is the bet, I suppose. And I think AJ Brown will have a good game. Obviously, back against the Titans, he'll want to sort of put, put that to, to pay. Um, so I, I would go sort of maybe over AJ Brown receiving yards because it, it's 79 the line. He only needs one big catch and he's capable of that. So and that'll sort of lessen off. So that, that's probably an even money. Go go, AJ Brown over, over 79 and a half yards. Works for me. Now, we've given you sort of six or seven minutes warning on this, Richard. Uh, you don't have to make this decision on your own. We'll all come up with a name. But any time, touchdown scorer. And don't forget, the pressure's on because if you're in the nook and broom in Bramall in South Manchester, you get free pint if Richard gets this right. So uh, who are you going with and why are you going with them? I'm going with AJ Brown. I think yeah, it's a yeah. no-brainer. Coming up against yeah. his former team, he's healthy again. I think he'll feel, he wants to have a big game. He has got a point to prove. And um, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown have been tight going all the way back to to college. They 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 sing off the same hymn sheet. AJ Brown's finding his way to pay dirt this weekend. Yeah. Um. Funnily enough, Dan's just got written in his notebook here, AJ Brown. So. Yeah. You've passed the first test, Richard. This is excellent, <laughs> excellent news. Uh, so AJ Brown for the anytime touchdown score in the six o'clock game. That means we move on to the 9-25 game, which is the Chiefs at the Bengals. This is a tasty old affair, isn't it? Really looking forward to this one, especially with the Bengals coming off the back of that win against the Titans last week. And we know, we just know how good the Chiefs are when they decide to play that schoolyard uh dirt football that that Mahomes likes to play it could go any which way Dan which way do you think it's going to go I think it'll go with the Chiefs I think with the Bengals this year have been they, they've shown flashes in, in a couple of games or a game and a half where they've looked like the Bengals from last year where they they look like they can beat anybody but a little start here then so that the, Patrick Mahomes is 26 and 1 in his career in the, in November and December 
Wow. And if you take into account that he lost his first game, he's on 26 straight wins <laughs> in that time, which is 8,100 yards, 60 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. So he's averaging 30, 300 yards a game, three touchdowns a game, and half an interception a game. Um, average. So the, the guy's, the guy's a, a bit of a lunatic. And yeah. I, I think the, the Bengals have let us down a couple of times. Whenever we've sort of been a bit convinced by them and, and followed them, they, they've then let us down. The Browns game only sort of 15 days ago was, was an aberration on a Monday night. They got blown away by the Browns. They got stifled on defence uh, and they couldn't do anything. And if they have a moment in this game, the Bengals, a quarter or, or 10 minutes against the Chiefs where they're, where they're off the level, the Chiefs will put 14 points up. And I, I don't think... Um, Chase, Chase will probably play, but he can't be 100%. Uh, Mixon probably won't play still. And although P. Ryan's done really well, and I think they've run the ball really well the last couple of weeks, which thinks they've given more balance over the last couple of weeks, I just can't see them hanging with the Chiefs um, when the Chiefs need to win because the Chiefs are going for the number one overall seed and they've got some tough games coming up. But the Bengals running, um, they go Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Pats, Bills, then they finish with the Ravens. So the AFC North's going to come right down to it. And as a Ravens fan, you know, go Chiefs. <laughs> really? uh, no, that, no well, vested interest there at, at all. all no. <laughs> Says wearing his Ravens top on the podcast. Um, you got anything more to add, or has Statman Dan literally done all of the work for us here, Richard? Oh, that, that was impressive, Dan. I'm <laughs> impressed with that. Um, I can tell you, Joe Mixon is back at practice this week, yeah. um, but Zach Taylor said, "Look, we're going to have to see how he goes before we make a, a call on whether he, he suits up on Sunday." Jamar Chase has declared himself ready to go. Um, so I do expect to see Jamar Chase on the field. Look, there, there were some good games between these two teams last year, and I, I think this is going to be another good one. Yeah. Um, as far as Patrick Mahomes goes, um, I'll go all the way back to, when was he, he was drafted? 2017, was it? Yeah. Um, I, I remember being at the Super Bowl, um, I think it was in Houston uh, that year, and Lee Steinberg, his agent, came along, and you do the usual chats, um, and then off mic when we finished we started talking about the draft and he said what you know watch out for this kid Patrick Mahomes I promise you he's going to go in the top 10 <laughs> and he slid all the way down to number 10 and then obviously Andy Reid put you know pulled the trigger on, on a huge trade I can't remember how many spaces the Chiefs had to climb up to to get to Patrick Mahomes but it raised a few eyebrows and then he basically red shirted him until the final game of the season when the regular season didn't matter because they're already in the playoffs um but Boy, what a move that's that's turned out to be. You know, it, literally, it's defined the what the Chiefs organization net now is. Um, and anytime you've got Patrick Mahomes on your team, for me, you're favoured to win the game. What will stick in the minds of many Chiefs fans, personnel, and Mahomes as well is the way the postseason game finished yeah. last year when Mahomes looked a little bit rattled. It was uncharacteristic. And he didn't finish the game. You'd expect Patrick Mahomes to to finish the game um, in. So, look, I, I like the Chiefs. I find it really hard to argue against them in any matchup as long as Mahomes is fit and playing. And I can't argue against them in this. You know, on, on the road, fine. They're two-point favourites. I don't think that counts for anything going no. into this game. You've got two good teams two powerhouses in the AFC that are just going to go at it head-to-head. It's going to be must-see TV on Sunday night, but I will take the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs too. Um, I'm guessing, Dan, that this is one of those that you've got to be a little bit careful with. Be careful. I mean, just enjoy the game, really, rather than try and win any money at it, because it's just going to be one of those games that, you know, yeah. it could be an AFC Championship game in sort of six, seven weeks' time. Um, 
you can get both teams to score over twenty points at, at sort of seven to four, which it's not bad. I, I think I think they're both capable of doing that. So yeah. that that'd be where I'd go. But honestly, I'd sit back and enjoy it. Don't don't bother betting on it. Uh, Any time touchdown scorer. Let's have a nomination from Dan before we go to Richard this time. Um, oh, I don't know. He's he's, t- he's Tony fit. Mm. In fact, no, I'll go the new he didn't running play back. Play last week, did he? No, I'll I'll go for Pacheco the new the rookie running back because I think he's given them. Finally, giving them a run game that they can rely on. Um, so I would go as a Pacheco for the. For You've the just team. stolen my name. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. If you're if you're if you're agreeing, then that, you know, nice and straightforward. Away we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Pacheco as well. Yeah. Absolutely, I think it, the more he's played this season, the, the better he's got. Um, and I'd expect him to, to find his way to the end zone. Great. So if you're in the pub, nine twenty-five at the Nook and Broom in Bramall, they um, yeah. If, if either of those anytime touchdown scorers goes in, it's a free pint. The kitchen is open as well from for the early game, and you know what is it? Seventeen quid bottomless wings. Fifteen. Fifteen quid yeah. bottomless wings. Uh, the the menu is absolutely sensational. It's gonna be. You can't heaving. go wrong with wings. No heaving too. Proper football. Food. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now hang we, on. We love it. How hot do you like your wings? That's the question. I, I mean, hot. I like give, a balance. Me, you, really. do, you, you like yeah. flavour, don't you? You're yeah. more of a flavour guy. I yeah. like to be sweating from a sweat. <laughs> well, look, anybody that's been to America will know if you go to a wings restaurant, they bring out a menu, you have like 15 different options for, for heat of wings. Um, <laughs> I went to Cleveland um, a few years back. and Unlucky. I, I was there with, with the crew we were on. Um, it, it was an experience, obviously. Um, and and the, the manager comes out, it's very quiet. You must try the hottest wings we have. In for a penny, in for a pound. Great. So it brings out wings for three, two wings in each portion. I don't, we asked for, no, no, this is your individual portion. I kid you not, it took me 25 minutes to see off these two wings. Wow. They were mind blowingly hot. Um, what, one of my colleagues, had one and said, there you go, guys, you can have yeah. the other one. Like, no, no, not happening. Uh, just out of curiosity, you know, was, there a, was there a mini fridge in your hotel room? Because I would imagine that's exactly, I'd have been sliding the toilet paper straight into there, ready for the following morning. Uh, moving swiftly on. gravy, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts against your Dallas Cowboys. Let's, uh, let's come straight to you, Richard, shall we? Let's talk about exactly how you think this one's going to go. Uh, flat out, I'm going to tell you, Dallas are winning this game. Um, they're, they're at home. They're the better team this season, um, and that's nothing against the personnel on the roster of the Indianapolis Colts. They're talented on both sides of the ball. Their record belies how good I think they are, man for man. Um, but I think the biggest advantage in this game for Dallas comes on the sideline in the coaching department. You've got Mike McCarthy, who's got a Super Bowl ring to his name, been to numerous NFC Championship games knows what it's all about. And then you've got Jeff Saturday on the opposite sideline who has come out this week and admitted, yeah, I got it wrong. I should have called a timeout when we're fourth and three and the game's on the line. We've got 38 seconds left to play. But those are the sort of errors uh, that you get from people not used to being in a high-pressure, high-pressure cooker environment of a head coach when the clock's ticking. You've got to make uh, play calls because you you don't have a recognised offensive play caller um, in the coaching staff. So you've elevated somebody at the 11th hour. Uh, and I, I just think just the mental aspects of the game, Mike McCarthy is better every day of the week and twice on Sunday than Jeff Saturday. And that's before you start with 
um, Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, et al. Um, yeah, I just think that the Colts are, are going to lose games this season by being outcoached now because of personnel on the sidelines. So take Dallas to win this. I think um, I think Jeff Saturday's done something in that in that locker room. He's obviously got them singing off the same page. He's obviously lifted that locker room, and it and it needed lifting, didn't it? Because it was it was rock bottom. But we are starting to see the limitations of of the coaching here, Dan. I think. Hundred percent, certainly on offense. Um, they they couldn't really do anything. And we, we, you know, we said about Pittsburgh having T.J. Watt back would would really really test that sort of revamped offensive line. At, in, and it did in Indianapolis. And and I, I watched that game on the night. And Matt Ryan, a, a, a wily veteran, looked like he was running for his life. He was letting <laughs> go of the ball far too early. He was under pressure, and I think he was seeing pressure that wasn't really there. Now, if you're doing that against the Steelers, and a strong front as the Steelers are, the Cowboys, and I know we've said about Micah Parsons, but it's not just him. They're, they come from everywhere at you. That They're going to cause um, the Saturdays a massive problem, especially at home. Um, you know, Richard said before that Parsons is on 12 sacks. He wants to go for 20. He might get halfway there on Sunday night, I think. I think he could have an absolute storming game. Um, well, it's not just it's not just Parsons. You've got Dorrance Armstrong on seven sacks. You've got yeah. Marcus Lawrence as well. Um, you, you know, and, and there are others, not least Jaron um, Kirst that yeah. can... Come on the blitz, um, and, and Matt Ryan is a statue at quarterback. He's yeah. not mobile. Um, th- these are issues. Yeah. Did um, did you just refer to the Indianapolis Colts as the Saturdays? Yeah, and I will continue to do so whilst you keep picking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't pick them. You did last week. Yeah, no, I did. I did last yeah. week. I'm not picking them this week. Absolutely. Yeah, no, chance. no, I think it's run its course. You know, you, you get it in sort of soccer in this country where you'll get a, a new coach will come in and all of a sudden things look different and everyone's fresh and everyone likes playing for the new guy. But ultimately, sometimes talent tells. And, yeah. you know, you're going up against a, a battle-hardened Cowboys team heading for the playoffs. And I have my reservations about them. I'm sure Richard will convince me otherwise. Um, going into the playoffs, but I don't have any reservations against them here, against the no. Colts. Straightforward. Uh, definitely the Cowboys for me. Yeah, 100%. Right, yeah. good stuff. Uh, value for money, where's the where's the betting value, done? Uh, there isn't much because the Cowboys are rightly yeah. so favourites and they, they're giving quite a lot of points away, but I don't think it's enough. So you can get Dallas minus, eight, minus 8.5 uh, and, un, and sort of over 43 points. It's sort of 11 to 4, and I think... If Dallas get ahead early, a bit like the Vikings game last week, they can just put the foot down on people. So that that would be that would be a steer. But all right, good stuff. Well, uh, and here's the other thing as well. Just what, finally on that, since Dak Prescott came back, he got his first game um, out of the way. But they put on 49 points against the Chicago Bears, 28 on the in, on the road in defeat to the Green Bay Packers, 40 on the Minnesota Vikings. Shout out to your colleague Dave for that one. Um, obviously, <laughs> they they then romped home against the Giants with another 28 points on Thanksgiving. And they're coming off what is effectively a mini-buy against this Indianapolis Colts team. There's not much that stacks up in Indianapolis's favour going into this one. No, I think think we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, Finally, this might be the smelliest fixture of the week. It stinks bad. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's just not got a lot going for it, Dan, has it? I mean, we said, I think we said three or four weeks ago that we're just going to stay right away from the NFC South. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be better since then. I think the Bucks are on five wins, I think, at top of the division. I think the bottom of the division is the, the Panthers on four wins. But I think this weekend they could flip um, if the Saints beat the, the Bucks because I think the Panthers are on by and end up might moving into the playoff contention just by mm. not playing. Um, so who knows? I mean, the, the Saints the Saints have shown flashes on both sides of the ball, but they've not done it together. Um so their defence played incredibly well against San Francisco on Sunday night. 
but they were and then they were shut out on offense for the first time in 20 years against San Francisco. A very good San Francisco defense, mind you, and they're they're better than the Bucks are at present. But you just can't see with any consistency the Saint the, the Saints doing any damage to the Bucks at home. And the Bucks started to look like they were coming back into form, and then had a had a stinker against the Browns on on Sunday. But who do you forgive first? I mean, and ultimately, who do you trust? I trust I trust Tom Brady, I suppose. And I think it'll be a, a tight game. I think it'll be a messy game. Um, I, I, but I do like the Saints. They've got some firepower. So Chris Alave is playing really well. He looks like a sort of a rookie, offensive rookie of the year candidate. He's been playing playing really well. Kamara looks like he's coming back to fitness, but he's not a hundred percent fit. Um, and and Brady's timing is terrible with with his big big offensive weapons. Yeah, you know, he struggled. And it's not like it's the first season with them, but maybe the off season is telling. And they just haven't really caught or clicked. But it only needs it only needs them to click for a quarter because I don't think they'll they'll give much away to the Saints and. I think with Rashad White, they're running the ball better now than when they were with Fournette. So for me, Bucks just, but it won't be one I'll be staying up to watch, I don't think. I'll probably just catch it on the <laughs> yeah, game on the catch up, on the yeah. After, yeah. Yeah, Just watch the highlights <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Richard, where are you going with this? It, it's hard, and I think it's going to be a hard game to watch as well because I, I hear everything Dan says about the Saints coming into this game, but I'm about to go back just a couple of years and say, remember that Buccaneers championship winning season? What happened midway through it when everybody wrote off the New Orleans Saints? They had nothing going on offense, couldn't do anything. Was it a 9-0 scoreline in Tampa yeah, to the mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints? Look, guys, don't be surprised if this is a similar type of stink-up-the-joint game. They've got a cracking um, record because, against the books, haven't they, the last few years? Yeah, the Saints they really have, had, do. have put it on the books last few years. Right. Yeah, so- um, I, I, now, th- there's differences, obviously. Sean Payton's no longer the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Andy Dalton's now... Quarterback, not Drew Bledsoe. Um, look, I, I was surprised that the Buccaneers lost to Cleveland last week in a game they yeah. should have won. Quite frankly, it should never have got as far as overtime. I don't think the Saints have the same amount of firepower as the Cleveland Browns do. Um, you know, as good as Alvin Kamara is, not Nick Chubb. Um, you know, Amari Cooper's good, isn't good. he? Because isn't he, Richard? Well, hey, look, I'm a big fan of trading Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no concerns about that one at all. Um, yeah, look, Amari Cooper's good. He's better for me than, than Alavi is right now yeah. as well. So, having seen what Brady can do with the Buccaneers when they won in Germany a few weeks back, um, I'm going to take the Bucks at home on this one. But. You know, the problem's been there all season long for Tampa Bay. They can't put points on the board. Yeah. And I think this will be a low-scoring game. Do not be surprised if neither team reaches 20 points. So, Bucks for you. Yeah, Bucks. Yeah. And Tight. look, we have agreed on everything so far. <laughs> <coughs> and Dave will literally string me up by my toes if we agree on everything all the way through. So, just for Dave... <laughs> I'm going to pick the Saints here, just because if I don't, I run the risk of getting absolutely battered by the big Viking. I think it just proves that every now and again, he's just a bit cantankerous. Yeah, he is. Just he is. Curveball, Definitely <laughs> cantankerous. Uh, beautiful stuff. Uh, don't forget, get in touch with us on the podcast. Really would love to hear from you. Just search for Utter Punts on Twitter or Instagram. And don't forget, we'll post those anytime touchdown scorers for your free pint in the pub on those social media channels as well. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Time for us to yes, as the uh, as the two minute warning siren goes off. Uh, j- just think about your utter punts of the week. 
I'm I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm going to pick Derek Henry. And Derek Henry, Dan's throwing his hands up in the air because I've absolutely just nicked it from him. Um, I'm picking it because he should have scored. He was in a great position. He makes the mistake, and he's cost the Manchester Crows, who were in the pub, uh, a, a pint each. And do you know what, Derek Henry? Get your checkbook out your back pocket and reimburse them because they'd all come down there having a great night in the uh, in the nook and broom. And because of your butter fingers, uh, absolutely didn't manage it. So Derek Henry, utter punt of the week. Hey, forget all that. He was on my fantasy team. Lost my fantasy team again last week by coughing that up. That was six points that went into thin air. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, who's your nomination, Richard, for your utter punt of the week? Right. right. Well, I thought about this, and I, you can go a couple of ways. So I've got two. I don't know if this is allowed at all. Well, controversial. Um, but, I like it. But but my first one is going to be Jerry Hughes, the defensive lineman for <laughs> yeah. the Houston Texans, yep. um, because because. Frustrations boiled over. They got the better of him when his team are being walloped and they're thirty nothing down on the road in Miami. I don't know if you saw it, but he walks to the sideline, takes off his helmet, and because none of Tom Brady's Microsoft surfaces were around to throw and smash, he literally bounced his helmet off the the turf like a basketball. Um, I'm not sure whether he managed to dent any of the grill on it, but it went down with some force. I wouldn't have got in his way on that occasion. Um, so from that that perspective, he is my other punt of the week but from a playing perspective you know the more, more I see this season go on and the more I see of the San Francisco 49ers the more I'm convinced that an utter punt for any team playing against them is safety Talanoa Hufanga yeah. my word what a player he's turning out to yeah. be he's just six foot and 14 stone three pounds that is it and yet the hit he put on Alvin Kamara on the goal line to pop that ball loose and make sure they shut out the New Orleans Saints, um, was phenomenal. And it's not just that. It's the plays he's making in coverage as well this season. It's getting to a point where if you're the opposing offensive coordinator and you're the quarterback playing against them, you're looking around, scouring the the backfield and saying, right, where is Hufanga? Because you don't want to be putting it in his vicinity because he will make a play on the ball. So, yeah, those are my two. I know you asked for one, but I've got two. Jerry Hughes and Talanoa Hufanga. Uh, I think Hufanga, it's one of those. You've Any any of them, those South Sea Islanders, the, anybody of Polynesian descent, they just love to get a bit physical. You only need to look at the Cook Islands and what they've done in the Rugby League World Cup this season. They were just absolute monsters and they just live for it. They live for it. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you've had to change your mind, which is why I'm coming to you last. Who are you going with? I'm going with um, Dan Snyder, the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Um, for other reasons than obvious. Um, so this weekend they un- unveiled a statue to Sean Taylor. Now, Sean Taylor was a speaking of great safety. Sean Taylor was an incredible safety when he came out of college for a few years. He got he was he was murdered in a, in a defending his family in a, in a home burglary. Really sad story in the NFL because he was a he was a great player. Um, they unveiled a statue to him th- this week, and it wasn't a statue. It was a mannequin in a glass box with Reebok pants and a Nike shirt. Because they couldn't put a proper uniform together. They didn't even have a statue. It was wiring underneath. The helmet wasn't right. It wasn't the right colours. Um, they, they can't simply do anything right. And for that reason, Dan Snyder, you're in a punt. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, right, look, that's it. It's all we've got time for. We've reached the end. But it would be remiss of me not to give Richard just a couple of minutes to tell us about what he's up to, what he's doing, his podcast, various bits and pieces. This is your moment to give yourself a nice big <laughs> plug, Richard. <laughs> 
Love it. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, it's busy time at the moment. Um, I've been lucky enough um, over the last couple of seasons to start doing work for NFL Network in the States, uh, predominantly around the international games, which has been an absolute blast. Aside from that, still involved with the Premier League. Do a bit with Sheffield United as well on their match days. They're doing quite well in the Championship. Don't be surprised to see them in the Premier League next season. And then, like yourselves, I have a weekly podcast going through the NFL season. Obviously, originally named Thought long and hard about it. Graves on gridiron. <laughs> no one had taken it, so I was like, "That's mine." Yeah, that is simple. I, I don't put in quite the extensive research you guys do um, in terms of the amount of games you cover, um, but three games each week, and then you look at the lines, dissect them, uh, and you know, like like we just discussed on, on this show, which way do we think you should go? Um, bit of work uh, for Betfred as well with um the nfl which is obviously fantastic you enjoy all that um and yeah there's uh, some event hosting as well that goes in there and it doesn't quite really matter whatever the sport is um it's always good to be involved in front of a live audience isn't it so plenty going on busy times but enjoying it lovely uh we've absolutely loved having you and we'd love to have you back at some point as well richard if you fancy it anytime absolutely it's yeah. been a blast yeah Let's- guys get it done beautiful Richard thank you very much indeed Dan thank you very thank much you. indeed Thanks, Richard. and uh, as Keno would say pleasure pleasure